Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 97 with my friend, Michelle Lamb. Not only is Michelle my friend, but she is my sister-in-law. I was very excited to do this because we have not really gotten an opportunity to get to know each other as well as I would like because me and my brother's relationship hasn't always been the best. So I, I was very happy to sit down with her and I think I learned about a bunch about her and I think you guys are going to learn a bunch about her as well. And I'm going to let you get to it right now. So without further ado, here's my friend and sister-in-law, Michelle. You and I have lots in common, my request is sent, would you like to be my friend, would you like to be my friend? Well, so this is, this is super fun for me because uh, A, I've like, obviously always wanted to, to get to know you. I think my relationship with my brother over the years has, has put some hindrance on that. Um, so I, I was really looking forward to this and super excited that you agreed to it. And, um, I usually start out with how I know people. And if, if people can't guess from the last name, I, I know you cause you're married to my brother. That's right. Yes. I got to wonder. Uh, years. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I, uh, I've been with Erica for 15 years and we've only been married for seven of that, but it's wild. Um, I, I'm, I can't, and this is obviously reaching into days where I can't remember a lot of things, but I don't remember if we met before the wedding. I remember when we met. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the story. I had a dinky little condo in Northville. Yeah. And you and your mom and your grandma had come over. And we had dinner. I don't remember if it was a special occasion or just no occasion, but that was the first time I met you. I th- think you and Adam may have exchanged some words that were concerning, <laughs> par for the course. Um, but yeah, that was that was definitely the first time I met you. I remember it. I remember being at that condo. I just, uh, you know, I guess the timeline on that whole thing is I don't know. Um, Cause you guys, I mean, you guys kept so many different pieces of real estate <laughs> for so long. I, I, I was like, I, I assume that was before, or I guess, I guess I assumed it was after you guys were married. Um, but yeah, well, there you go. I'm glad, I'm glad you know the timeline better than I do. Cause that's, uh, yeah, there's a good decade in my life. That's just a little blurry. Um, <laughs> it must've been a little more memorable for me than it was for you. Justin. How that's dare you? <laughs> I assure you it had nothing to do with you. Um, well, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's how I know you and that's kind of been our relationship, uh, which like I said, has been still pretty at, at arm's length because of, of my brother and my relationship over the years. And thankfully that's, I think going in a better direction, but, um, I don't want to branch off into that cause that's not what this episode's about. Uh, but, uh, worth mentioning, but I wanted to kind of go back in time. I do know obviously some stuff about you and I know your parents and, um, I know you are an only child. You do not have any siblings. Um, but I, this is where I'm going to start guessing things. Were you born in Ohio? Yes. Yes. I was born in Kettering, Ohio. Okay. And I, I am an only child. Um, I'll share something with you. Sure. Uh, probably about five years ago. 
my parents told me that I actually had a twin brother. What? Um, that he had he had passed away before childbirth. So uh, that was a, a pretty big bomb that was was dropped on me as an adult. Yeah. And yeah, m- mom and dad didn't want to tell me because uh, you know when I was younger because they didn't want me to be afraid of having children and that happening to me. They, uh, they, they dropped that bomb about five years ago. Like I said, it was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. And it's funny that that's such a funny thing too, to think about. And as a parent, I, and which I'd love to dive into too, but, um, just the things that we choose to withhold from our children in like an effort to protect them, uh, and like whether or not that's necessary, depending on, you know, uh, it's funny. I think we all have different ideas of what that looks like, you know, <laughs> like, did would, did you have any feelings of like resentment? Like, why didn't you guys tell me this years ago? No, definitely not resentment. If anything, I felt kind of sad that knowing every time I celebrated my birthday, yeah. my mom was and I didn't know it. Yeah. And so I felt bad for, you know, when you're a kid, all you worry about is what kind of birthday party you're going to have, what kind of gifts you're going to have. You're not thinking about anybody other than yourself. Yeah. But uh, so in hindsight, I think, gee, you know, had I known, you know, I probably, you know, I definitely would have been, you know, empathetic to, to my mom or at least wanting to be empathetic to mom and dad because, you know, despite the number of years that had transpired when they told me they were both in tears, Yeah, mom and dad were crying over this loss. And so knowing how much it's been weighing on their hearts all this time is just like, um, it's really sad. Well, yeah, I imagine when you don't, when, I mean, when you don't talk about something like that, it's, it's a fresh wound still, you know, when you do end up mentioning it or or bringing it up, it's still fresh because it's, you haven't, it's, you know, anything you keep secret like that, like, but have you, this is a far out question, I promise, but have you, did that explain anything to you? Like when you found out that you were a twin in utero, was there anything like, did you start thinking about any moments in your past? Like, did you ever feel like a second presence? Like, was, you know, was there ever a connection that you're like, what is this thing that I always feel that I can't explain? And that like gave you some explanation. Cause you hear those stories. So I'm just curious. Nothing like that. However, in hindsight, there were so many clues around me. For example, uh, I had everything in double as a baby. I had two baby blankets that my mom had made. I had two little footstools that my dad had made. I had two shelves that my dad had made that were identical um, because they were preparing. Uh, Also at a time in life where, you know, they didn't have as much money. So they did a lot of things themselves. Um, So they had all these things in duplicate, a hundred percent prepared for, to bring two babies home from the hospital. So that was one thing that, wow, okay, now I'm putting pieces together. The other thing as ever since I was little, my mom, anytime I fell down or fell off a bike or, you know, tripped on a curb, I'm kind of clumsy sometimes, but my mom would always say, 
there's a little baby angel who was born the day you were born and he, and he's watching out for you. And to, to me, it was just something my mom said, you know, it was just, yeah. just in hindsight, I realized when she said it, she was kind of choked up a little bit and it's such a sweet thing to say, but you know, after hearing it time and time again, it's just what my mom says, but didn't really break down to understand that there was a true meaning behind it. I wonder, um, so that was, do you know, like, was that pretty late term if they were already, you know, they had all this blankets and benches and all this stuff? Yeah, it, 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 it was. Now, keep in mind, at that time, the technology wasn't what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. My mom indicated that she believes the doctor knew there was a problem um, at her last appointment didn't say anything again i think that if if you say something it can create so much stress yeah. on a female that it can cause one so she feels in her heart that the doctor knew something was wrong and so so whatever had happened did happen fairly late in the pregnancy but um you know i i, I would venture to say if it happened today uh you know it it would be a lot more noticeable yeah. um earlier on or um, may not be such a surprise as it was at that time. Yeah. The technology today is insane. Uh, and this is coming from someone that has no kids. So <laughs> this is all third party knowledge. And I know it's crazy. Like people show me ultrasounds now where it's just like that 3d, that super creepy 3d picture of, of the fetus. <laughs> you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, little, super creepy. yeah, little, yeah you're, you're in it where your friends are, are having kids. And so I'm sure you're surrounded by these types of conversations. Yeah, little zombie babies. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of my friends have toddlers at this point, I think um, we're the, we're the last couple on the list. Uh, <laughs> but so I, I'm curious kind of getting, getting past your birth. Um, what, uh, what do your mom and dad do when you're growing up like for work and whatnot? Yeah, so my dad uh, started a, his own business in, in our garage, actually. Um, it's a tool and die business that he, you know, eventually grew to a point of, um, having about 50 employees, I'd say at, at max. Um, but he, you know, it, it was started in the garage kind of as a, um, hobby and I shouldn't say hobby. It's more than a hobby, but as a dream, uh, and it, with a vision and with a lot of hard work. And then, you know, it kind of, kind of grew from there. So when I was very small, my mom worked, uh, selling insurance three days a week. And then eventually as I got to let's say middle school, she then joined forces with my dad and worked in the office, you know, kind of keeping track of the books. They quickly realized that nobody would keep as good of an eye on the books as a family member and as my, um, my, you know, my, my, my dad's wife. So, so they tag teamed. I mean, I, I don't know how they did it. I mean, they <laughs> obviously lived together. They worked together. They were constantly together. They're not the couple that vacations separately. I mean, yeah. they are together 24 seven and they still love each other. So well, yeah, that's, a lot of people are being tested in that way right now, right? Because of the pandemic, you have a lot of... My buddy, uh, who I actually I interviewed him for the show, he's a lawyer, and 
the the sad fact that he shared with me during the interview and this was like dead center of COVID. he was like i've never been busier with divorce cases than i am right now and it's i was like oh that's a bummer and you know me and erica are in, in the house every day all day she's got her office i got my office and we're just like constantly together so yeah it'll test you <laughs> so that's it's funny uh to think about that like pre-technology too your parents you know like like as far as you know the internet and everything no distractions right. just deal with each other <laughs> yeah it's it's incredible i mean they really um they have a, an amazing relationship so i was very blessed from that perspective um you know i i know that your your situation adams was quite different. Um, I feel like I am eternally grateful for having had the upbringing that I did not to say it was perfect. Nobody's is, but there's certainly, um, other circumstances that could have been more challenging. Did I wonder, um, if your mom was, she was doing the insurance sales and your dad was trying to build something, um, you know, from, from the house, were you, seeing and like hanging out with your dad a little more than your mom when you were when you were little like would you use the term daddy's girl to describe yourself growing up i would say daddy's girl but not necessarily because of the amount of time that we spent together it was was actually quite the opposite as he was trying to build the business you know he was putting the hours in and there were there were times where he'd be gone for work before I got up for the morning. And then, um, I mean, he, he may not come home until after I'm in bed. Like that's, okay. that was a reality of building the business. And, and, you know, um, I absolutely respect so very much what they did. And, but there were a lot of sacrifices and I don't say this to get sympathy, but, my parents didn't come to my volleyball games as a kid. They didn't come to my track meets no. um, because they were working. But the survival, you know, depended on the business. So it, it had to be that way. I'm not certainly not bitter about it, but I do know that there's a lot of families who would never miss those types of events. But, um, you know, it's there's pros and cons of, of everything and all decisions that we make. Um, what's your life like outside of, outside of the house, like as you're growing up uh, socially and, um, you mentioned like track and and stuff like that. Like what, what kind of stuff were you involved in? What, how, what were you doing with your friends and everything? Yeah. Um, great question. I was so lucky, uh, despite having grown up in a very small town, like not even a town, we were considered a village. And I believe a village is anything is any location with less than 5,000 people. I think that's the criteria. So I grew up in a village and graduated with a hundred kids, but you know, um, luck was on my side. I had an amazing group of boys and girls that were just great, great friends. Um, tight knit even to this day um I, I i talk to and and see my high school friends fairly regularly um, but we had just an amazing amazing group of people that now you know everything about each other when you grow up in a town of that size but at the same time 
everybody's got each other's back yeah. and there's just an amazing bond that happens. Um, I grew up in a little town called West Milton, Ohio, our village, as I said, <laughs> uh, which most people haven't heard of, but it's about 45 minutes North of Dayton, Ohio, okay. right off of I-70. So, but yeah, we, you know, for fun, gosh, you know, <laughs> we didn't have the, the entertainment opportunities that, that many did who had, you know, grew up in other environments. I mean, we didn't even have a fast food restaurant in my, in my village where I, where I grew up. So we were like the epitome of, of kind of a farm town. So for fun, we, you know, do those bad, innocent things like toilet papering each other and, you know, uh, moving election signs from one yard to another and, you know, having those true like cornfield parties and stuff like that. But I mean, really innocent stuff because it was a safe environment. Um, you know, I, uh, I have no regrets about where I grew up. In fact, you know, I think I'm, I'm in Houston now. I love where we are, but you know, I wouldn't mind raising my kids in that type of environment because yeah, it was town. so secure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, conversely, uh, there was no diversity where I grew up. None, and that's that's unfortunate. So you you miss out on from from that perspective, which is important in life. Yeah. But um, yeah. So. Yeah. The so what, what I'm just curious because. You know, I grew up in Michigan. We were right, right next door to each other in that way. And I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you know, my, my wife, Erica, grew up in Ortonville, which is, uh, it's not a, it's not a village, that's for sure. But it's, it's still like, it's farmland. And, you know, there's a, a large population of people that fit certain stereotypes of like, you know, what you do for fun and stuff. And, and like, you're talking about, you know, the cornfield parties and stuff like that. And, I'm wondering, uh, I, I'm trying to put this question in a way that isn't offensive because, <laughs> but like, what is the, what is the most like, I don't know, backwoods Ohio type thing that you did growing up? <laughs> hmm. Backwoods Ohio type thing. I gotta think about that. <laughs> yeah, we would do, we would like go legitimately camping a lot, which was fun, you know, um, heading out towards a, there's a river that ran through our town where we'd go canoeing and then we'd set up a, a tent. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. We, that, um, for us, that was like a really big deal <laughs> type thing to do. Yeah. I'll tell you something else, small town and, and kind of pathetic that the hangout place in our village was the gas station. And I mean, that was it. Like if you were cool or you just got your license and you wanted to be seen, you were going to Sunoco. Oh, I love that. And it's so Sunoco. <laughs> <laughs> Erica's was a Sunoco Taco Bell. It had a Taco Bell built into it. <laughs> Whoa, that's high class. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite thing. Um, <laughs> What about like academically? Uh, I'm assuming, based on what I do know about you professionally, everything good student and everything. Okay, student. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could have done better. Um, I was more interested in having fun than academics. Amen. And 
in hindsight, I regret it. Um, but you know what? My parents were always really cool about grades and their philosophy was it's what you do when you get out of school that matters. And I, I love that. I appreciate it. Um, so they didn't really beat me up too much about grades. And to be honest, I followed suit and I was a solid BC student. Well, that's, yeah, that kind of, uh, perfect segue into my next question about that is you said they, it's what you do after school. So what happens after school is college immediately on your radar. Yes. In fact, I don't recall there being a conversation about, do you want to go to college? There was just an assumption that that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. I feel like that's our generation, right? Like, I know you're, you're technically, I think I'm the elder millennial and you're what the, the last year of Gen X is that sound right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you end up going? I went to Bowling Green State University. Okay. In Northern Ohio. Uh, at that time, BG was a, about an hour and, I don't know, 45 minutes drive from home. So perfect distance as far as being away and, you know, also being able to go home if yeah. I needed. I'm curious, um, especially, so you said you graduated with like 100 people? You're not going to ask me how I, how I ran. No, against... <laughs> no. <laughs> um, if you yeah. even knew that, I would be surprised. I was like, what, how do you know that statistic? Um, is it that, what if they did that? It was a shame yearbook instead of just your name and picture. It was your name, picture and ranking <laughs> in the school. Meanest yearbook ever. Um, <laughs> no, that I, I'm just, that's so many, that's not a lot of people, you know, I, cause when you said that, I immediately thought, um, I'm about to record my hundredth interview for the show. So it's like, God, that's, that's not a lot of people at all, uh, in the grand scheme of things. And so with, given that, like, was your life until high school ended, I'm wondering like, what is that? If you can put yourself back in your shoes at, you know, 18 and stepping onto the university and, you know, your immediate population going through the roof exponentially, um, what, what is that like? Uh, what's that shot? Is it, well, is it shocking? Like, uh, is there, is it nerve wracking? Are you acting out? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, great, great question. It's a lot of, a lot of feelings because, um, because I am an only child and I was so close with my parents and it's your first taste of freedom. So that in and of itself is, it's a little scary. It's a little exciting. It's all kinds of things, but Um, I mentioned previously the fact that I grew up without diversity. Well, guess what? You go to college, that fresh freshman dorm, you have all walks of life, all kinds of, you know, different perspectives you have, you know, and it's not, not just racial diversity, but, you know, we're we're talking about from a, a global perspective, you've got folks from all over. Um, so that was very eye opening for me. I enjoyed it, but it was different. It was just different from, you know, the environment where I had had grown up and spent so much time. So, so from, from that point of view, um, I think I learned a lot that first year of college, um, in hindsight, 
again, I probably could have done better academically, but um, I, I have no regrets when I look back. Yeah. You know, what? Honestly, at this point, does it matter if I had gotten a B or an A in my class? Nope. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Moment, you know, it might feel like it's the end of the world, but um, you know, it. I think it's important to do well, and it's important to, um, you know, complete something that you started. Meaning, you know, completing college if you start college and seeing yeah. that that commitment through. But now it's like kind of a blip on the radar, to be honest. Yeah, that's so. You were at Bowling Green uh, for your bachelor's, your entire bachelor's? That's right. What does it look like, like the latter half of that college time, getting out of the dorms, and how often how often are you going home, or is that uh, fewer and fewer as time goes on? Yeah, fewer and fewer. Um, I also had a, had a boyfriend. It wasn't, wasn't your brother, so we won't. We won't talk about him too much, but you know, uh, when your attention is focused elsewhere, you know, that becomes a priority. So yeah, the trips home became fewer and fewer. Uh, and then my senior year, I, I got a, uh, an internship, which in hindsight, that's the best thing, best thing I did in college by far. And anyone I talked to who's getting their four-year degree, that is that is one piece of advice that I tell them is, you want to stand out, get an internship. Yeah. So anyway, to answer your question, once that happened, you know, the, the, the ability to go home uh, just from a, a time perspective was, was minimized substantially. Where, uh, what were you graduating in and what was your internship in? I was graduating with a degree in international business and marketing. Okay. And as I said before, you know, knowing that I was not a 4.0 student, I wanted, I wanted something on my resume that would pop (laughs) because it wasn't, wasn't going to be my grades. Not that they were atrocious, but yeah. So that's when I decided to get an, an internship and, um, my internship was coincidentally in the transportation industry, which is, is where I am today. Uh, so that kind of, that, that was my entry. And to be honest, I picked the internship that was with a company called roadway express. I picked it because they were paying $10 an hour and $10 point, an hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a lot of bar money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what, what brings you, and I don't want to jump ahead too much if this is jumping ahead, but what brings you to Michigan? Yeah. So, uh, my internship with Roadway Express eventually led to a full-time offer after college graduation, which was fantastic. And, And that, that is also why I feel so strongly about the importance of, of internships. But so they, they hired me and initially I started in Toledo, Ohio, uh, working. I'm, 
I had a very unsexy job. I mean, <laughs> I was, I was a, basically an speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> I was an assistant to our, our managers who were out working on the dock and working the dock in Toledo, Ohio, not sexy, not warm in the winter. I mean, there's, there's nothing, nothing real glamorous about it. However, um, they eventually, offered me a position working in Saginaw, Michigan. Also not sexy. (laughs) Sagnacity. Mm -hmm. So that that is how I ended up in Michigan. And Saginaw, yeah, not, not super glamorous there. Not a great place to be when you're a young, single female. (laughs) Uh, I mean, what, what is, what's life like, you know, outside of work, you, you get these jobs, you're out on your own, you're out of college, you're doing your own thing. Um, you're, you're living in different places. What, what's, who's Michelle at this point? I'm a train wreck, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's bad. I didn't, I didn't know anybody in Saginaw, a few people I knew. Yeah. Um, probably influenced me. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I have to take accountability. I drank too much. I, my job was in sales and oh, yeah, that's I a, was in That's crew. a drinking job. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, you know, I'm not going to say I had a problem, but, yeah. um, in hindsight, that wasn't a healthy lifestyle at all. Just taking clients out, drinking, partying, going to concerts, going to bars, going to lunches. It was fun. Is it funny? Yeah. Is it, is it funny thinking about that position? Um, cause obviously you're in your twenties when you're doing this. Uh, and I got to imagine everyone that's doing that job for the most part is always in their twenties. Cause you can't, like, I don't know about you, but like, I couldn't pull that off now. <laughs> like, right? I'd be like, can't sell too hungover. Like, I, would, I don't see how that would work. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. This question has come up. I was thinking about that experience just yesterday and thinking about how much, you know, you learn about yourself during that, you know, point in life, but it's not conducive to motherhood or married life. Or, yeah. Um, but I tell you, I won a lot of sales awards for spending so much money on entertainments. And so there, <laughs> it was great. My, my last year in that position, get this, I spent $38,000 entertaining customers. Wow. $38,000. And you know, this day and age, you go and blow $38,000 on customers, you're probably going to be written up yeah. or have some sort of. You were getting awarded? Oh, I was, that was, that was encouraged. It was good job. Like everybody do this. <laughs> so different time. Yeah. That's crazy. Different time. Yeah. I remember I uh, mean, I, a trucking company. So it's kind of. Yeah, you know, it's just a different environment. How so? Uh, and uh, don't answer whatever you don't want to answer. I'm just curious um, if I'm applying stereotypes. <laughs> at some point, 
you are taking some dudes to like a strip club or something <laughs> on, on the company's visa or whatever that looks like. Uh, <laughs> am I wrong there? Cause I'm just thinking of my buddy, uh, his dad worked in like paint automotive paint and he'd get clients that come into town and he was the guy that had to like take them out and do stuff. And I'd be spending the night over there in like high school and his dad would roll in at like three in the morning cause he had to take clients out and like, we all knew where he had to take them. <laughs> um, and he was not the kind of guy that I was I'm sure was comfortable at all in there, but <laughs> it's uh it seems like with some industries, it's just part of the job. And was like, was that the case then? It was, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, you know, there was, there were some clients that it was their expectation to go to those types of places. I remember a place up, up in uh, Saginaw called Legs. L sure. GS. That was the spot. <laughs> um, after a while, the company did try to kind of curtail that type of entertaining, but your yeah. clients are still excited. So then, you know, the, the strip clubs got smart and changed the receipt to say ABC Sports Club or, you know, these other names and so yeah, to answer your question, I, I I've I've gone to those well, for entertainment purposes. My, yeah, my I guess my question on that that I'm I'm curious about is like what is that like you're, you know, twenty five, twenty six, whatever, and like taking these guys to a strip club because you that's what they expect you to do in your position. Like that's gotta be awkward at best. <laughs> You know, um, very awkward. And now that I'm older and I'm married and I, I see things differently, I, I don't, it was inappropriate for me to take them and it was inappropriate for them to go with me. You know, yeah. it, it, there were a couple times where, you know, it, it led to, you know, a customer feeling too comfortable and, you know, wanting to have a relationship and, and then everything just gets really awkward after that. Yeah. You know, um, I've had clients back in that mid twenties age who, you know, we'd go out and then they, you know, this one guy says, Hey, I can't, I can't drive home. You know, Uber wasn't really even a, much of a thing at that point. And he's like, can I just sleep on your couch? And, that's not cool, yeah. but I can't send him away either. But you know, he slept on the couch. But it's just, it's just put yourself in a really weird position. I, I would never want my, my daughter to do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's just a. Uh, this is one of those things where like, I never really fit into the mold of like a guy's guy. <laughs> and so like when I hear stuff like that, I'm always like, I feel like I have to apologize for my gender as a whole. Cause it's just like, what? like it, I would be so wildly uncomfortable having like, you know, I'm almost 40. And if I were like, had some 25 year old girl, like as my liaison for some company, I'd be like, come on, babe, take me to the strip club. Like what? No, no, <laughs> that is, I can't even, uh, I don't want to be comfortable doing that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's not good. It's not good. Um, you know, I, and 
I was so naive. Again, going back to kind of my upbringing, small town, I was naive. Yeah. I was this. I didn't know. I didn't necessarily recognize if I was being hit on. You know, oh, he's just nice. He's just a really nice guy. Well, you know, um, there's a there's a there's a fine line there, and I'm sure that you know I, I wasn't necessarily picking up what was being laid down in yeah. all occasions. Um, and this taking clients out, uh, is it taking clients out? to like bars and stuff is that where you end up meeting your future husband my brother really funny how we got here but <laughs> yeah it is and in fact i was entertaining a client at a dave matthews concert at the palace and your brother was the bartender who was serving us and uh, in this instance, I was entertaining a client and his wife, super cool people. And they also loved making fun of my horrible love life, which in Saginaw, the, the, the pickings were a little slim. Uh, yeah. And so <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. Uh, so they said, hey, what about the bartender? You know, he's, he's cute. And so anyway, that, that is how we met and how we first started talking. The, the customer actually signed my phone number on the receipt and, and gave it to him. So I would bet yeah. money that Erica was probably at that concert because that was during a period of time where she was at every day of concert. <laughs> that would be a small world if we could, could trace that back. Oh, I would. Yeah, I, I really I think I don't know of a possibility of her not being there. Um, she went to every like she was already going to every day of concert when we were started to date, and that was in two thousand six. And uh, then she continued to for the next few years. I'd have to pick her up wandering like through a church parking lot after Pine Knob show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you you meet my brother. Um, you, I mean. I, and I'm not, I don't think I'm wrong here from what you're telling me, but my general idea of your professional life has just been pretty consistent upward growth, um, like continuously and uh, to eventually what brings you down to where you're at now. But before we get there, um, yeah, you, you meet my brother, you guys get married. <laughs> uh, how long are you guys dating before you get married? Two years. Okay. We, we dated for a year and then we were engaged for a year and then almost exactly a year later we, we got married. Um, I'm curious, so kind of circling back, <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, I, I never knew this and I, I guess I know some stuff, but I never really connected the dots, but were there some of the traits that you said you admired in your father as far as like entrepreneurship and starting this business and uh, dedication to like a goal. Uh, I think all that is reflective in, in my brother, <laughs> like, especially in his professional life. Um, was that something that attracted you to him? Cause you like already established those values as, as what you respected. Yeah. You know, when I met your brother, um, he was a bartender and there's absolutely nothing wrong with, yeah 
that profession, but I knew I could tell that he wanted more for himself. That was evident. I didn't necessarily see far enough down the road to, you know, have the vision of, of him becoming a, an entrepreneur, but I knew that there was something more and I knew that there was something else that he was you know, really striving for. So f- for me, I think hard work is attractive. I think there's nothing more attractive than hard work. It's not even money. I don't, it, it's, it's, it's not at all. Yeah. In fact, I think, I think money can be a hindrance in some respects, but I, I have so much admiration for people who just work hard, no matter what they're doing. I don't care if, if you're a janitor, work your butt off, work hard, you know, do it with pride. That's, that's very attractive. So, um, there, 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 there probably were some similarities in the two of them, which are my father and, and Adam in you know work work ethic and, and that that piece and, and I could certainly see where that would have you know kind of um, been in the back of my mind as we started dating. Well, yeah, it seems like your your parents really established some of those values in you throughout your childhood as far as uh, yeah dedication and hard work and you know building building the future you want you know um, so. You guys get married. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm not going to guess because I don't want to try to do the math in my head right now. <laughs> What's, tell me, tell me about marriage life and, and uh, what's, what's going on in the background with, with your work. And then not too far down the road, you get pregnant. So <laughs> what's, what's that, what's all that look like? What are those first couple of years of marriage look like? Yeah. So you're right. We, I mean, we, we got pregnant three months after being married. Oh my God. Was it that soon? Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, uh, of, uh, togetherness time before Michael came on the scene, but you know, those, those early years are, you know, they're, they're, they're challenging. You're, by the way, I don't recommend getting pregnant right away. Not that I have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. You no, know, you're you're only you're only young once and you're only, you know, able to have those experiences with your spouse once until you have kids. And then um but yeah, it was it was it was a challenge, you know, we're merging. He had a house, I had a house, and then we got a house together, so you got that. And then, oh, we're having a baby, and you know, um, the the challenges financially that that presents are you know something else. <laughs> and then you learn about each other's parenting style. I mean, let's face it when when you date someone, you may not talk about the you know the in depth day to day parenting style stuff. And you know, fortunately, we we. we fundamentally we see things the same and not only parenting, but life, but you know, there might be little offshoots where we're, where we're different and, and that's okay. But we, we got to know each other real fast when you you have a baby into, um, into the relationship so early on, but but we made it work. You know, he was working at, um, gosh, quick and loans at that time. Yeah. And, 
I was, uh, at that point, I was a sales executive um, for FedEx and um, we made, we made ends meet and uh, we learned a lot about each other in a short amount of time. That's for sure. So what, uh, tell me about becoming a mother. Like what's, what's going through your head? What's that life change like? And, and that, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a big one, right? So what, I mean, yeah. What, what are the hard parts of that? What, what, tell me, tell me everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, you know, your initial, my initial feeling when I realized I was pregnant was like, holy cow, you know, I've got to, got to grow up. I've got to be someone's mom. And then I found out I was having a boy and I immediately had a feeling of almost like a, I don't want to say disconnect, but I didn't know anything about little boys. Yeah. I, and so I felt like this, just like, how am I going to do this? So maybe a pressure sort of thing. So, um, not having really spent much time around baby boys up until then, it was like, Oh goodness, I got a lot, lot to learn. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, the other thing you learn is how little sleep you actually need to survive. Um, how much you love coffee. You know, I, I think on my nightstand for, you know, first year I had a baby bottle, a wine bottle and some water <laughs> and maybe coffee you know like like th yeah. there's just that that's that was routine you know it was either it was either coffee or wine for me you know yeah. way to go <laughs> do what I you know. gotta do <laughs> tell her mom here <laughs> but that i mean that's a yeah that's pretty pretty big thing happening and you're because you're working obviously full-time and and I've always known you and Adam to both. I mean, 40 hours is the minimum. <laughs> you guys are usually, I feel like going well over that. So what, I mean, what does that look like that first year when you guys are both have, you know, full-time jobs and then a newborn? Yeah. You know, it, I think it's especially hard when you're young because you know, we had to obviously get childcare, which we were fortunate to find someone who uh, would help us out. Um, so that would allow us to, to work, you know, um, in some households, it makes sense for one party to stay home, but yeah. for us, it, it didn't. Uh, then, you know, when you're young, sadly, your, your priorities are off. Cause we were still at that point in life where it was important for us to also have time with our friends, which we don't really have friends apart anymore. So that's not an issue, <laughs> but at that age, like, well, so-and-so's birthday is Friday and we're going to such and such place and I want to go. And, you know, it, it, so it, it's kind of immature in hindsight when you think about that transition yeah. of, well, hold on, we're, we're parents first, that comes first. And then you, you start going out and doing things on your own less and less and less. And it becomes, you know, by choice and, and it's good choices. It's good to be, you know, good to be home and it's great to be a parent. It's awesome. But I think there's that maturity piece that has to set in and, you know, it, it takes a while to adjust. Yeah. Um, over, I mean, and then Madeline's born and so now you have two kids um, and, 
ra- raising the two kids and, you know, constantly feel like kind of doing more and more with, with work and then you guys move. But before we get to move, I'm just wondering like those first few years with, with each of them, like, what are you looking back? What would you say is like kind of the biggest thing you had to overcome during that? Or was it that maturity piece? Hmm. You know, um, this sounds awful, but I think we were better parents with the second one than the first. Well, it's got to be universally true. Isn't that, isn't that universally true? Cause you learn, you learn with the first one. If, if you could just ask future interviewees <laughs> that question, if you can make a poll, Yeah. but I definitely feel like we were better for the second one. And it's not just a, you know, matter of being overly sensitive or overly cautious, but I just feel like we were calmer. Um, you know, not that our house was ever not calm, but we just, we parented better because we were more confident. And, and with that, you know, Madeline is, she's just really excelling. Um, we also got really smart, Justin. We got a nanny, and it's, it's. I know nanny's not for everybody, but for our kids, they have a better situation with a nanny around than they would without. I mean, they eat like omelets for breakfast before school. Um, they, you know, they have a great life because of of a nanny being on the scene and um you know that also adds to a little bit more peace between adam and i because we're not the ones stressing out over packing lunches and you know getting to the bus stop yeah and oh what happened on a snow day or those types of things so it makes our relationship better and it truly makes our our kids situation better so we we got a nanny for the second child but we didn't have one for the first was there some friction with the first because because of those those things yeah yeah for sure absolutely yeah it's it's hard you know to say well it's your turn to get up in the middle of the night and well i have a meeting tomorrow or i've got to drive here or there you know it's yeah no, no matter how strong your partnership is, when you have a child, like there are things that will test you that you never foresee. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm always bummed out by, and, and you know, you see this in like memes and stuff now, but where it's, you know, the mother, the mother's taking care of her child, but if the dad's taking care of the child, it's babysitting <laughs> or like, you know, if, if the, the mom's pushing the stroller, it's just like, or I think the one I saw recently was the mom's pushing the stroller and on her phone and it's like terrible mother. And then the dad's pushing the stroller and on his phone is like award-winning father. Cause at least he's like with the kid and you're like, like the expectations between the two parents are so just kind of fucked up with society. Um, and so, so I'm always, I'm always kind of like fishing for more examples of that just to, uh, put it out there and try to normalize a, a difference in, in that behavior. Cause that, I mean, that, that bums me out. Like when I think about potentially being a parent and just like, I would want to, you know, I'd want to try to at least maintain a 50, 50 balance as much as I could. You know, I can't, can't breastfeed, uh, but I can, I can do other stuff. Well, hold on. 
I mean, never know. Hey, <laughs> let's see. Age. It could happen. I don't know why, for some reason, when you said that, I'm looking around my desk as if there's going to be like some device or something that allows, I was like, what am I looking for? Um, <laughs> I got to, oh, can we pause? I got to show you this invention I made. It, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's very strange. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a wonderful, wonderful recap on, on the stuff that you, you learned over those the, the first years of, of each of those kids. Um, so you're in, you're in Michigan. You guys just, I mean, it's your job, right? That moves you guys to Texas. Yes, it, it was, it was my job. Um, and fortunately when I was, was called for a, a new opportunity, it was to a location that Adam and I were both very agreeable to because that was, I was kind of lucky, you know, um, where I work, you know, there's something to be said for, Hey, when you're, when your number is pulled, you go. And that could have been pulled into different States, different geographies where we wouldn't want to go. So we feel so blessed to be in Texas. It's, it's wonderful. It's been a great transition. What was that? Was that relatable at all to, um, trying to think, like maybe going to Saginaw, just like in the way where you're going to somewhere completely new, uh, you don't know anybody outside of, I mean, at this time you obviously have your family, um, but you don't, you know, you don't know your surroundings. You don't know the people. Uh, we were talking about diversity a number of times already. I know like Houston is, is much more diverse than most like super white places in Oakland County. So I, I imagine uh, that was, other than just a move, like that was a big change. Yeah, it, it was. And you're, you're, you're right. I mean, um, having had that experience of picking up and moving to a place where I knew no one, um, moving to Texas with my family seemed so much easier, you know, yeah. but exciting. I think it's truly exciting when you can, you know, embrace those types of opportunities to just check out a new spot. Now, I, I applaud Adam um, far more than me. I mean, this this move here, he, he had never lived anywhere other than, you know, that yeah. we'll call it the Detroit area. Yeah. Um, and so for him to pack up and leave, he was leaving his you know, family, longtime friends, network, you know, all that. So for, for him, it was probably um, created more anxiety than for, for myself. Plus we're going for my job. So it's like, well, I at least have those people. Yeah. <laughs> at least there's, there's some folks that I can say that I, I know or will know soon. And I can, you know, kind of build that, that relationship side of the house. But, uh, you know, he's, he loves it here. I don't want to speak for him, but I yeah. know he's mentioned that on many occasions. And in fact, I I wish life had been different and had brought us down here years ago. But we're we're here now, and, and we love it. Yeah, that's nice. You guys been down there for how many years now? It's uh, just just over four. That's crazy. Yeah, two two normal two pandemic years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 50, 50, right. <laughs> um, 
Well, fun. I, uh, I mean, I know that kind of brings us current, but is there anything I skipped over <laughs> that you wanted to bring up or mention? Oh boy. Um, Oh, you know, before you answer that, <laughs> sorry, I, I forgot that I wrote this down. Um, I'm curious, because uh, you mentioned this in the beginning about how, you know, like your parents were building that company and so they didn't, they weren't necessarily at every track thing and every, every, all the stuff you're doing as kids or as, as a child. Um, but you guys seem to be there for that, for Michael and Madeline. Like, is that a conscious thing or is that a, uh, like, oh, I guess I'm just like doing what I wanted when I was younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's a great question. Um, to, to answer it, honestly, I, I, I attend and we attend most everything. Yeah. But there's times where I can't. I, I travel for work. Uh, in fact, I've got a 7.30 flight to Denver tomorrow morning. Oh. I'll be gone. For so I'll miss, you know, I'll miss some things. I'll miss practice tomorrow. I'll miss, I just recognize that my son has an orthodontist appointment tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. No idea who's going to take him, you know. <laughs> so there's there's things that are missed. But my philosophy is this. I do everything I can when I can, knowing that there are times where I just can't, you know, and if I have to travel for work, I, I have to compartmentalize, you know, the guilt piece yeah. and say, this is unavoidable. But when I'm home, I'm there. And if I'm not there, shame on me. You know, I've made a choice not to be, not to, you know, go to a game or whatever. But um, so yeah, we, we try to be super involved and, but there are instances, you know, that it's, it's hard. You know, I miss things at school. I miss some of the little functions that they have in the middle of the day that, you know, moms can, can come and join or, you know, there's the room mom, you know, there's that kind of stuff that I, I'm just not a part of. And, uh, God love the moms who are there and, and have the other moms back because they're amazing and they're always so kind to say, Hey, you missed this, this, and this, um, or send pictures or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool to feel like the moms are, are bonded, but, um, yeah, there's things that just naturally you, you can't participate in yeah. when you're, when you're working. It's funny when you, when you said that, uh, about the other moms, like, all I could think was a slight shift in tone. And that sounds completely different. Like, Hey, you missed this. You missed this. You missed this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but well, yeah. No. Sometimes I have to reach out to them and say, help me. I'm, there's 25 emails that I haven't opened from the school. Yeah. You know, give me the ESPN highlight reel. What do I need to know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what you need to know is COVID protocols have changed nine times in the last 24 hours. Um, <laughs> And now there's no school tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you. Like, especially I didn't know that I know that you're getting on a plane in less than 12 hours. <laughs> Thank you for sitting down and doing this. Hey, it was my pleasure. I, I really uh, enjoyed it. Um, next time I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions so that feel free. Yeah. Sh get a list together. Shoot me an email. <laughs> I'm an open book. All right. Um, 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Tell uh, tell the family I said hello, and and I'll let you go. Finish packing and <laughs> head out. Thank you, Justin. Good to see you. And you and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Michelle Lamb, my sister-in-law. My sis, my, that doesn't sound right, but it's, uh, I was so excited to talk to her and you know, I can't, I haven't been able to stop thinking about this, uh, this twin thing. And I got to say, I was hoping for some sort of, I don't know, weird ghost story. I'd be like, that explains, that explains the person that's always talking to me. I don't know what I was expecting, but that's a, uh, what a crazy thing to find out about yourself that you were once a twin. And it sounds like pretty late term once a twin right like that's uh that's wild that is just wild and and i was so excited to just find out about her and i like to think you know we live in these bubbles right where we're mostly aware of the things around us and i think a lot of us tend to believe that behaviors change as we change um and i hope that's true to some degree because when i think about those like dirty ass sales days of, uh, you know, clients at strip clubs and, uh, just, just really, I don't know, debauchery, just a lot of, uh, debauchery to gain a client. Like it's a weird, I don't know. That's a weird practice. Maybe that's why I would never be good in a sales role. Like, I don't want to like, if you're going to pick my company, it's because my company is going to be best for your company, right? Like if you, you're going to be my client because I can do the best work for you. You're not going to be my client because I got you shit faced at wild bills, Texas tea house on a Thursday night, right? Like, is that, am I naive here? Doesn't that, (laughs) does that make more sense? What I just said? I don't know. Shoot me your feedback, but yeah, I, I was really happy to sit down. I'm glad I got this opportunity. Uh, it's crazy that the 100th episode is right around the corner. I'm so excited for that. And I also want to thank all my Patreons, Kara, Mandy, Michelle, Jenny, Erica, Katie, Andy. You guys, why aren't you on this list of names? Um, oh, my God. Michael, Patricia. I'm sorry, I can't even read. Oh, that's because that's because my mouse. <laughs> that, says, that says Maggie. Um you guys join patreon.com slash friend request pod. It's a buck Oh nine. You can support the show, get updates from me. And I'll tell you what, there's a feature that nobody takes advantage of that surprises me. And that's, uh, ask me a question about any guest. I will, I will reach out to that guest and get the answer for you. Um, so if you have a question on a previous episode and you're just dying to know the answer, I will get that answer for you through Patreon. Thank you to Talia Dalton for the theme song. You can head over to Talia Dalton's Instagram at Talia Dalton Music and find her GoFundMe for her new album that she's trying to make. Highly recommend listening to her music. It's so great. That is why I asked her to do the theme song because I love her voice so much. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That's that's my housekeeping. I hope you guys are enjoying your week and I will talk to you next one. Next which is the next week. I can't talk. St. Patrick's Day is this week. That's crazy. 
There's a non-alcoholic Guinness available if you can find it. Delicious. Brand new. Okay, I'm going to go. Bye-bye.